I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Been given a bad break, but I've got an awful lot to live for. Hey guys, it's David Burns, the founder of BaseballJobsOverseas.com, and this is our podcast that helps to inform you about the many playing and coaching opportunities around the world. So are you getting the uh, the winter withdrawals of like playing somewhere warm like Australia or anything like that? All my buddies over there, obviously, and then just some of my best friends still over there just talk to me daily, and I'm like, yeah, I'm just jealous of you, and it's just like I want to be in the warm. First off, I love Australia. Like I think after baseball, whenever that finishes is is gonna be somewhat living in australia i don't know what to what degree if it's gonna be half the year half the year here stuff like that but i love uh, me and scotty hillier if you guys yeah. remember him we still talk about kind of trying I'll to figure out a dog a, down there yeah she's she wants to get in this that's for sure she's <laughs> a little awesome just chilling but uh, yeah but, uh yeah so we still talk about like a business venture where it's we could have like something here and something there to kind of do six months six months but I mean, I, I'm not a cold person at all. I do not like snow. I don't like, I like the beach. I like getting in the water. I like surfing. I like that stuff. So get, getting where it's snowing, I mean, snowboarding helps a little bit in a sense, but it's still, it's that, just the cold and just the dry out of camp. Uh-uh. So yeah. Australia itself is just so amazing. Like, oh, like yeah. yeah, just the, it's not like any other beach either. So like, I mean, I was writing the goal. I was in Surfer's Paradise, so I mean, you can't really beat that. And then, yeah. I mean, I travel a bunch of places, but yeah, I'm a, so yes, it's definitely making me miss baseball, but it's also making me just in general miss the warm weather and just being somewhere where I can walk outside in shorts, sleeves and uh, shorts instead of eight different jackets on and like okay, let's let's get the car started ten minutes before we leave and stuff like that. So, right. but <laughs> or somewhere that somewhere where you can rock that speedo that's in all of your pictures. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> bungee smugglers. That's a, oh yeah, that's a that's that, that funny. But um, those bungee smugglers or what? What do you call or what? Budgie, they're Australian local. They're they're budgie smugglers. So wherever they're, I guess Australian, and then I guess uh, somewhere in Europe. I think it was England that has. They were the two main brands or places that sell them. But yeah, I got a pair when I was in Australia, um, kind of as a joke. Uh, obviously, all the guys wore them there and everything, and just got them as a joke to wear for that one picture. And then it kind of turned into the the different places I went. I'd do it as a joke. And then um, Scotty just got me another pair actually, like last year when he went, or a couple months ago when he went back. So it was just a it's kind of just that running joke. I've actually never worn them in the United States. Like I have a lake house, I go to the beach. I've never worn them. It's just that one thing where I just kind of did it. But I wear them in Australia every once in a while. Sure. I don't, yeah. I don't, think, I don't think it fits me, my personality, the um, <laughs> wear them on a daily basis of uh, just walk around with them. But for no. a picture, I can do it. Yeah, whenever I've gone to to pull up pictures when we're doing graphics for something, and and I'm just like, oh, another another one. <laughs> There's a ton of them on there. Yeah, that is a, the Europe World Tour. I did that's for sure. I just did them in every country. It was I was yeah. like, oh, might as well. I mean, I think I did it like I did it in the first like two or three, and then someone told me like, well, every country you go to, you just got to do it now. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I found like one of the best views I've been in that country, and then just kind of do it. So I was like, kind of yeah. cool. And I, that's just kind of where it started from. So. Thanks. Thank you. So, so I guess before we kind of jump into the details here, I just wanted to kind of run like quickly through like your career where you played, and then we can kind of go back and kind of dive into each one, each team, each country you played in. Um, but so you're from Virginia. Uh, then when you went to uh, Spartanburg Methodist College, Ju- a JUCO, that's D1, right? Yeah. Or, yeah, it was D1 JUCO, but it was um, – yeah, it was a late kind of process getting there because I was I was supposed to go to the University of South Carolina, 
and I got hurt my junior year. So um, in my senior year, they ended up pulling my scholarship because I was still not recovered. And they just kind of said it was that timing. They didn't want me to have to come there and rehab and all that stuff. So right. just went the Juco route. So that's where, how I ended up at a Juco, but I mean, I would yeah, never train. Juco yeah. ball is like, I mean, that's yeah. a great it's, spot to start because then like, I mean, especially for guys who don't get like, you know, a lot of offers out of high school, you go to Juco and then like you're draft eligible. And exactly. Then, and oh, I loved it. Also like, you know, improve your resume a bit, get some better offers to some better schools and mm. Oh yeah. No, that's it. It was. And that's what, I mean, like, I'm so thankful for it. It's like, you kind of like when you're growing up in the States and everything, you hear that, you know, got to go D1, go to D1. I never kind of thought that way. Cause I mean, my dad played at a small division one for football and wrestling. And just like, he was kind of never like, that's, you don't have to go power five. You don't have to do that. So it was that where once South Carolina pulled my scholarship was. So when I committed to South Carolina, my freshman year of high school, it was, they oh. just they went national champion, national champion, national runner up. And I was like, so I'm going to like the best school I could possibly go to. And then obviously when they pulled it, it kind of just kind of level-headed me, like humbled me big time. And I was like, man, it's it's not about going to the biggest school possible. It's like, what's well, going to be a good fit for me? So, because I had some other like D1 offers and D2s, some just, but I was like, what's going to be the best fit for me these next few years? And obviously Juco being two years, I was like, it kind of gets me a restart. And then then start the process over again, your sophomore year at junior college. So it was, right. it was I'm so blessed for that school and just what they, how they started out pretty much my, my college career in a sense, so. Nice. Yeah, because then you ended up signing with, you know, a D1 school with Appalachian State and the Sunbelt Conference, and you did really well, like especially your senior year. You won team MVP. You were the Sunbelt leader in ERA. Uh, yep. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. It was awesome. Ah, that place. Is, yeah, that place is sweet. So it was a uh, Every year too. I always see that picture of Appalachian State's baseball field recirculating, and it, like, continues to just, like, make its round and go viral every single year. And, and until you're fully up there, you do, you just don't get the like the the beauty of that play. I mean, all all of Boone in general, but like then you see the field. The fields are at the top of the mountain, so it's like yeah. that's why you get those colors. And then obviously in the fall, the colors and everything. But I mean, as a pitcher, it's great because it's a hitter's nightmare come February, and March, and April with no leaves. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So yeah. then coming out of Appalachian State, then uh, you went to Fredericton where we played against each other. And actually, that was where we first met in yep. the New Brunswick League. So tell us a little bit about your time there and how you like that. And I yeah, also, Sorry, before you get into that, could you also um, talk about how that even came about? Like, how, how did you yeah. end up playing in a senior men's league in, in Canada as sort of a, you know, um, a stepping stone into, you know, your, your next, uh, into your international career. Yeah. So it was, um, it was kind of wild in a sense. It was, um, post draft, I, I didn't get drafted and I was talking to a few teams and had some work. I had two or three workouts after the draft. Um, nothing, nothing came to uh, fruition and just didn't, nothing, like I said, didn't, didn't get signed as a free agent or anything. So I was like, but I was like, I'm each year I've kind of increasingly got a little bit better. And I was like, I'm, I'm 21 years old. I was like, I'm not done. I'm not, I'm not ready to stop playing baseball. So um, my coach put out some feelers, just some like indie ball teams and stuff. And I had some offers there, but it was in the sense I was like, if I'm going to make not the best money and go play in places that kind of like in the middle of nowhere, USA, I was like, I, cause I knew I had a buddy that played it out that I didn't really know well, but he played a few years before me. Taylor Thurber was his name. Oh yeah, and he, Exactly. So he told me about international ball. So when that stuck in my head, like my junior year, so I was like, okay, well, if I don't get drafted, what's what's international? And it was always he played. I think he played in Prague, yeah. Um, but it, but he was uh, like when he told me that he was like, oh yeah, I don't. He was like Australia, and 
being a beach guy, I was like, all right, I'm going to figure out a way to go play in Australia if that's possible. And so when I just was looking up, just I just got a Google search and it was like international baseball. Blah, blah, and one of your, your website was one of the first things that popped up. And because I didn't, I didn't heard about your website until I that quick Google search. And um, so I got into that. And then I think I sent you guys that quick like email that just said like, Hey, what's this about kind of, and you're like, Oh yeah. So we made that quick profile and I think it was up within a couple of days. And then after I updated it with my stuff, I think I had 10 offers in a day, but I think eight or or nine of them were in Europe. And it was, this was, they're like, you have to be here by July 1st. And I, my sister was getting married July 14th, 15th, whatever it was that year. So I was like, I, sorry. Like, and, and like I said, the biggest thing was I'm looking for Australia, which was, September, October time. So I was like, perfect. I have a couple months to train, get ready again, take a break real quick from throwing and get rolling. But then, um, the Frederick and Royals reached out, um, when they were, I was working, I was at work that day and they just called me out of the blue. And I was like, who's this? And they're like, we're the Frederick and Royals. I'm like, I have no idea who that is. I'm like, what is they're like, and then the way, um, it was their assistant coach and I love them all, but there he's like, yeah, we're a professional league up in Canada, this and that. And I was like, sweet. I was like, all right, cool. Like, Cause I knew the Can-Am league and all this stuff. So I thought it was something kind of tied into that or whatever. Looked it up and I was like, okay, it's a small five year, but five team league. But I was like, that's fine. I was like, what it does is let me keep pitching and let me keep my arm moving and stuff until I can kind of, cause then Australia, I started already reaching out to Australia teams at that same time. Cause I was like, I kind of want to get my foot in the door right there with Australia and just see what can happen there. So, and the coolest thing with Fredericton was they were like, Hey, we just have to have you on the roster by July 1st. You can come whenever you need to. We just need you here. I think it was like you have to be here by the end of July. But just we'll, if we can put you on the roster, if you sign before July 1st, we're good to go. So I think I signed the day before July 1st. And then two weeks later, I flew up there. I flew up the day after my sister's wedding. And that's how I kind of got into Fredericton. But they had a, like I said, great, great little setup for me with since the place to stay with one of the teammates and his wife and the other import and then good pay each week. And it was weekly pay, which was awesome. Yeah, Ben. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, so, and, uh, he was, like I said, he was in the crazy story of me and Ben was Ben played at Lander university and I played at App state, but our head coaches are the same mm. 10 years apart. So it just happened to be where my coach went from Lander to app state yeah. and it just happened where he had the same coach. So I got to talk to my coach and all of them about Ben and they they could only say good things about him. So it was cool. Kind of like, okay, I, I don't know this guy, but I know him a little bit going into the situation yeah. and I've always for exploring and like I'm always off on my own just doing my own thing so it's it wasn't like oh I'm gonna be worried about where I'm going not making friends I was like I don't care if I don't make friends I don't if I do I'm gonna be awesome and that's I love just going out into the new cultures and stuff like that and meeting those people so that's how I got involved with Fredericton and like I said they kept me kept me in shape I think I threw like 50 60 innings that year or that summer with them just kind of leading into Australia so it was awesome in the sense of kept me going instead of just like I said, I would have been training, but it's since just sitting here, not seeing live hitters, not seeing anything like that. So, and it kind of it got my foot in the door to international ball. I, obviously, especially meeting Jimmy and getting getting him on a like I said first name basis, and just being able to involve myself with him, and then obviously getting to meet you through that too. So it was kind of like okay, cool. I kind of got the the upper hand in this sense where I know the the top dog, so I can really go to you guys for any questions, which I know any guys can. But in the sense of like, I felt more comfortable doing that now instead of kind of going to the the top dog and being like. Hey man, can you help me get here? It's like, all right, Jimmy, I kind of know you a little bit so I can do that to you too. So, but it was like I said, super blessed. Like I said, obviously just that random Google search that found your website that was able to get me to start my career in international ball. So Atlanta, Canada is really cool. And Fredericton's a cool spot. I mean, that's the home of Matt stairs. So like, I'm sure you got to meet him a bit. Like, 
Oh yeah, Matt. Oh, Matt. So yeah, Matt was there, and like said, all the guys like some good name. I mean, big name guys that played like Corey Wood was the D two player of the year that like he played on my team. So I was like, I mean, obviously Andrew Case. He still messaged me once a year. Like he's he's got me offers to some other places, like in some like good independent ball leagues and down in Mexico stuff like that. So like just the connections I made, not even through my own team, but other teams there. Like it just that's what you know. You guys know international ball is all about the connections you make and just mm-hmm. the people you. It's just so many good people everywhere around the world. But yeah, so like, it, even though it was a small five team senior men's league, I was like, hey, man, this is this is a cool little start to my my career. But so I'm a little curious of your train of thought at that point. Um, were you thinking like that you want to go travel the world and play in as many countries as you can before before moving on and, and, and hanging up the cleats? Or were you always kind of thinking like, I want to try to work my way into affiliated ball or, or, or get that contract? I think it was a little bit of both. So like when I got there, I obviously got the the urge and just the the wanting to travel more and more. Like I had been in Canada, but I was like Canada was just uh, it was technically it was only like a 12 hour drive from where I lived. So it wasn't like it was so far away or across the world where I was like, OK, like realistically, if I need something, I can hop on a plane and be home in three hours. My parents could be here in a couple of if my sister, whoever it was, I could, could be there in a few hours. So it was like I wanted to travel more. I wanted to. And I've always been a traveler and I wanted to go see a place in the world. But at the same time, it was always my the back of my head was always I want to get back to the states and play for an affiliated ball, even if it was the start like I said the start of indie ball and this and that. But just kind of get back in the states and that. But I think at that exact moment, since it was kind of just the start, it was and I I had signed with Australia I think before I even got to or to Canada that year. So like I was already signed. So I would think I was really looking forward to Australia in a sense too. So it was more of a all right, where else can this game take me in a sense? Not where not okay, let's get back to the States right away. It was, all right, cool. Let's go see what other parts of the world, but also keep getting better for that chance in a sense to see, in a sense, uh, can I get back in the ball? Like, can I prove myself overseas enough to to do that? So, Which is what you've done. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then you go to Australia. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, part of my, my thinking is, is like a lot of, a lot of guys that have that, that pro dream, you know, they're always like, wow, this feels like a step back or a step, you know? Um, but, but you were, so you were kind of still optimistic that you can sign somewhere, but at the same time, um, diving into this experience that you get to travel the world, play baseball. And if that's all it ever becomes, you would have been happy with that. hundred percent. Absolutely. Like, and I think I, I hit a little bit on it earlier, but I'm obviously just so blessed for everything that's come in my life in a sense. And it's like, I, I think I, I did a uh, interview with App State right after I had signed and they were like, you took a lot of setbacks and turned them into positive. I said, yeah, I was like, and, and the same, I didn't get drafted. I didn't get signed. I didn't do this. But I was like, what's bad? Like I'm, I'm healthy. My family's healthy. Like I have a great support system. I have great people around me. I'm meeting awesome people. It's like, what's bad in my life. So there was, to me, there, there was nothing bad in my life where I'm like, I'm, I'm bitter. I'm not signing in the States. I'm not, I'm not bitter. that. I was like, man, I'm so blessed. The Lord thank me, like bless me forever. And I'm like, I'm in Australia playing the game I love, playing three days a week, but also getting to travel the world. I've met some of my best friends, like two of my best friends. It's they actually just surprised me. Are two girls, I'm two sisters I met in Australia that are Canadian that lived in Cape Breton, so not too far away from where I was playing in Fredericton. And I met them on New Year's night in the middle of Surfer Paradise Beach with thousands and thousands of people around. And they're two of my best friends. It's like I would have never had those connections without just traveling and playing baseball. And then obviously Scott Hillier, he's living in, he lives 30 minutes from my lake house now. So I get to see him all the time when I'm home. He's working. He has a big facility down in Texas that he runs, but he's living in Virginia. It's like, 
that he's one, he will, that dude will stand in my wedding. Like he's one of my best friends and it's because of the the traveling of baseball. So it was never like a, a bitterness towards not playing in the States. It was like, I was like, if I was only playing international the rest of my life, I'd have been perfectly fine. Whether that been like, and I always said to me, like and a couple of people back home, like, Oh, when are you going to stop? Like when are you, cause I have full-time jobs and I'm home and everything. They're like, when are you going to just kind of stay here? I was like, man, I'm healthy. I'm, I have enough money to support myself. I'm making money while I'm playing the game. I was like, when a family comes, like say in a sense of wife or kids. And I was like, that's going to kind of be the determining factor. It's like, if they want me to keep doing it, that's one thing. But I was like, family's always going to come first to me. So like, until that came, I was like, I'm single. I'm, I was still in the young 20. I was like, I'm in the, the early to mid twenties. I was like, what do I, what do I want to settle down and get a desk job or, and it's I, here I run a baseball facility and I'm a special education teacher. So I was like, that's like when I'm home, that's great. I can do that. But I was like, why not make money and travel the world and do that too? So I was like, that's, that's kind of where I was at in a sense. I was like, I'm not stopping this until I have to. Especially when you're living on surfer's paradise, like that kind of, exactly. that makes so it a same. little easier. Yeah. And now he said like, that's been the best setup. I've, I mean, all places I've been, I've been amazing setups, but I'm like in surfers, I was like, I'm 10 minutes from the beach, anywhere, any direction I go. I was like, I'm have everything I need around me. The, my host family was just the most amazing family I've ever had. They, they supported me with food. They gave me everything I, in a sense, needed. Like I would offer to get food, and she's like, "Nope, nope, nope. We got it. We got it." And they're just the best. Like just, they gave me a job, so I was working in their cabinet shop um, early mornings. But like, get done. and it was kind of like, uh, "Hey, if you want to work today, go ahead. If not, no problem." Like they, they let me make my own schedule. They paid me. They treated me so well. Gave me a place to stay. Um, obviously, I had a car over there, so it was like, I'm sitting there. I'm like, man, I'm a 23 year old single guy in the middle of service paradise australia with this awesome host family that will give me anything i have all the guys on my team are kind of my age i was like this is what what a terrible life right like i mean man <laughs> I, I wish i was sitting at a desk job back in the states instead like but it was it, it's it was one of those i'm like yeah like and it's it's so hard to explain to people over here like do i go how was it i'm like do when i say i will live back in, on, on the gold coast and uh, australia will always be a part of my life it will because like that place is, is is a second home to me i mean i lived there for 10 months but it was especially because COVID hit when I was there, it hit in March, obviously. And I didn't move. I didn't leave until June. We took the very last flight out. Um, that was available to the United States that in a sense for another, it was like another 14 months. Yeah. So I was, if not, I was like, I would have been stuck there, which would have been ah, totally fine with me. But, but I was like, it was, I mean, I just got to sit through it. And even without baseball. So I kind of got life there without baseball after COVID hit. Cause like for four months, there was no baseball. It was just me working, hanging out with friends kind of just doing, doing the gold coast lifestyle. And I was like, yeah, I think I could do this. Like, this is, <laughs> this is it. So <laughs> but, well, that was the perfect timing to play winter ball too. Little oh, did you know, because yeah. you know, like then that summer 2020, mm-hmm. like, okay, well, there's no baseball right now, but I just played in the winter. So my arm could use the rest. And then by the time it's got going mm-hmm. again, so that worked out it, quite well. And I've, I've said that and every, everything I've done is it was the biggest blessing in disguise because I had thrown nonstop from my junior year. So junior fall through all the way through the winter into the spring season. I didn't play that summer, but I was training to to get better in a sense. So I never stopped in the summer of 2018 and then fall 2018 for my senior year, senior season all through 2019. So I threw and then obviously Canada and into Australia. So I threw from the beginning of 2018 all the way until the beginning of 2020 without a break. And obviously, you know, is that Jimmy, you said like you've thrown like five straight years in a row. I was like, but I was like, I had never done that. And I was like, and obviously I went from bullpen and college. Well, I started in Juco, but I was like bullpen the first two years or my last two years of college 
and then starting. So it was like, I really had to get used to just my arm, the arm load. So those four or five months of really taking off from baseball were the biggest blessing for my, my, my body, my arm, my just in general, it was like, okay, cool. I have an off season again. Like I, I actually remember what an off season is now I can rest my body and then train hard to get ready for the next season. So, so yes, it was, it was the perfect timing to be in Australia Especially because it was like, oh, it's the middle of winter in Australia in June. Oh, okay, yeah, middle of winter, seventy-five degrees yeah. and sunny. Cool, that's cool with me. <laughs> like, yeah. And I, yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't throw five years in a row. That would have been a bit, but it was five seasons <laughs> back, saying, was, back, was, back. Yeah, two, two, and similar. Yeah, <laughs> I think it was exactly yeah. the, pretty much the same. More than me, that's for sure. <laughs> but, but year round, you did it on how many years in a row? Like year round between winter ball and summer. No. That was two, like three years. Yeah, so yeah. like I went. It, yeah. it takes it takes its toll on you though still like no matter sure. what for sure because i mean i was in the same boat i mean i just wanted to kind of keep traveling going back and forth i wanted to go back to australia my first season was in sydney then i went like austria sydney and paris and melbourne then germany yeah. and then then i needed exactly. a break and you yeah, and you exactly and you were throwing yeah, exactly. like and you yeah. were throwing cgs every start that's, what the, that's the other thing. It was like, it wasn't like he was like, oh, I have a five inning start here. It's like, no, I went eight or nine every game. So <laughs> <laughs> on like 70 pitches though. So, I mean, you, you're like a four <laughs> now, nowadays, big, it's like four innings of work. So, yeah. <laughs> but, so, here's, so here's the big turning point, right? Like you, after, after COVID kind of settled down, you're looking at 2021 and then this, this team here, Regensburg, comes along into the picture. And I, I can imagine that being somewhat of a turning point or a focal turning point. Like, holy, this, this uh, you know, affiliated thing might might just come come to fruition. Yeah, I'd exactly. kind of like to hear how that all came. Like, we know how it came about. Like, we we helped connect you with Regensburg uh, with, between us and, and Devin Ramirez, Ramirez yeah. baseball traveler. And, um, you know, so so that's how you got the start there. But yeah. I know you spent two seasons there, and and yeah, I'll let you explain just kind of um, how um, that environment and that setup, and and how that yeah. led to to you signing that affiliated contract, or how that played a role in that. For sure. So the yeah, the two years, two awesome years in Regensburg, and it, it, I'll start from the very beginning. It was I got a message from Jimmy that just said, "Hey man, are you like?" He pretty much said something like, "Are you interested in Regensburg?" And I messaged back. I'm like, who the heck is Regensburg? I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, dude, I got to know because I had never played in Europe yet. So I'd, I'd only been Australia. I'd only been Canada. Like, because the Euro- the first European season I could have played was the COVID year. So I didn't play, kind of get over there. So I was like, Regensburg. He's like, and he, I think he just, he just said, look him, like, here's their website or something like that. Look him up, like, pay attention, like, just go see him. And I looked, I've met I, within like five minutes, I was like, uh, dude, what is this? Like, cause you see the facilities, you see the, the field and you see the air. I'm like, what is this place? He's like, yeah, it's like, it's baseball is kind of like, what's one of the main areas for baseball Europe there. Like it's, they have MLB like support. They got, obviously he's like Max Kepler, Donald Lutz, like all those guys went through there. I was like, wow. Okay. I was like, yeah, I'm definitely interested. Like what's the next steps. And he's, and he sent me uh, Devin's number and said, reach out to him and say, you're interested and just kind of explain who you are. Um, he, he, like, I think he, Jimmy said is like, he reached out to us and said, like, do you have any pictures that would kind of like fit, fit this area, like the team we are here and this and that. So super thankful for Jimmy for thinking of me there. And it was just shot Devin a text. And I think his first message back was like, Hey, do you have time to like get a call in the next like, few minutes? I was like, yeah, no problem. And that's all it was. It was just kind of, that's when you pitch yourself. Like you, you don't want to over pitch yourself in a sense you come and then you don't like perform, but it's like, I, I pitched myself and sent some videos and kind of stats and stuff like that. And um, Devin was cool. And he's 
Um, he's like, awesome. Like, love this stuff. He's like, let me talk to my, our head coach. Cause that was the year Devin was transitioning to the pitching coach. His first year there, he was just a player. So this, this, my first year was when he was transitioning to pitching coach. So he was kind of taking control of the pitchers, but at the same time still had to get the, the boards because we have a four full board there. We have a, obviously a manager and all that. So he couldn't just be like, yeah, I'm signing you. It was like, he had to go get approving from five, six other guys. So he did all that. I talked to Tomas, who was the head coach at the time and he uh, got his approval. And then I think it was like November of that year or the year before I signed and just was so excited to get there and everything. And obviously when you get there, you really get to see it in person. You're like, dude, this is better than a lot of college fields. Some minor league teams here. Like this is, this is legit. Those facilities are better than like a lot of minor league fields. That's what I'm saying. Like it's It's, like, I've been played in so many minor league ball fields and it's, it is nothing. I'm like, we have a full front office staff. We have obviously the Academy. It's the third and fourth floor, which that's where I lived my first year. I lived with the Academy players. So I was, I was a 24 year old living up there with like 14 to 18 year olds. It was hysterical, but it was like, Man, like it's it's fine. It was like it was free living. So full academy. You have a full indoor baseball facility with three lanes of uh, obviously the pitching machines. You have a full weight room down there that has. When I say every single thing you could possibly need for a baseball weightlifting, it's there. But on top of that, we had one of the best gyms in all of Regensburg that we get free membership at because of the guy. Uh, the guy that owns the gym used to be a coach there and everything. So like I, it was hey, if I want to go, kind of get out in the the town or the city, it was, I went to the gym. So my, my whole second year, I only went to that gym. Like I used the gym and the, and the facility for a little bit, but it was like, I want to go out in the city and get, it was more of like an Olympic gym. Like it had everything you could possibly need. So had all that. Then we had, I mean, we had a restaurant attached to our field. That was just like the staff there. And just, I mean, I, I was down there every night, obviously living at the field. Like yeah. I just get down there, but yeah, like the, obviously the facilities there are just incredible. And so obviously I see that my first year, um, we have a heck of a year. I, I pitched pretty well and it was just like, okay, well I had a really good year. Let's, let's see what can come of this. And we lost in the semifinals that year. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go home. And I happened to Australia was kind of still, it was really hard to get into Australia that I think it was, what was that? The 2021 year. Shut so down. for Americans, yeah, it was still shut down in a sense. Like there was, there was ways to get in, but it was like one of those things I was like, okay, I just pitched to like a, a sub two ERA, had really good stats. And I was like, let's go see what I can do. I, my fastball velocity went up a little bit. And I was like, um, let's go see what I do. So um, the year before I moved to Tread Athletics down in Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, yeah. a mentor to me, Tyler Zombra, who plays AAA with the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, he we He's from my area and we trained over near DC for a while. But when he became the director of performance out of Tread, I went, I followed him and he's still my coach to this day. Like still, I mean, he still sends me. Um, just checkups and saying how we do and this and that. So, so I followed him down and we sat down and talked and said, what, what are we going to do this off season to, to kind of get me in a sense to get to the back to affiliate ball. You just had your best year, your, your metrics are back up and everything. Let's, let's do this. So I trained my butt off. Like I said, that was my Australia. I had an off season, but it was like, this was my first true, like when I say off season, I pushed myself and said, I want to make myself the best I can possibly be to see if I get a chance. If I get a chance, great. If not, I knew I did everything I could to get that chance. And so I did it. And I worked I worked three jobs and then I would train at night. So it was literally every I work, was working about 70 hour weeks, 70 to 80 hour weeks. And then every single night I was throwing and then working out in the gym. And it was so it was long days, long nights, but it was like I wanna I want to know that I could if I have a chance, I put everything I could for it. And so then I had a pro day set up in February, right? Because I was supposed to leave for Germany in March and then pro day was in February. 
and it got canceled. MLB was on a lockout, everything. So I was like, man, I just put four of the most grueling months of my life. Like I'm exhausted, but I was like, Hey, and just like I said, in the other, I was like every setback to me, every non signing this and that, I was like, I'm still in the best. I'm still healthy. I'm still in an awesome place in my life. I have an awesome support system. I'm like, I don't, I don't need to be upset. I don't need to get hang my head down. So all I thought about was like, man, I got spring training in Italy in two weeks. Let's keep going and let's get there. So that's what I did. I just put my head down and kept training. And then um, I actually delayed my flight um, to, I was supposed to get there like the last week of February. I delayed it a week because one of my best friends, he was deployed um, in Kuwait and Jordan and he got to come home a little early. So he was getting home the day I was supposed to leave initially. So I canceled my flight, surprised him and flew in a few, I flew in the day I had to get to Germany. So yeah, I was supposed to get there March 1st. My contract started March 1st. I flew in that that morning of March 1st, but I was like, I had to see my buddy from the military. I hadn't seen him in a couple of years. And I was like, this is, it was, it was so everything, like I said, turning back into the man, my pro day got canceled this and that. I was like, it all worked out for like what was supposed to kind of be. And so I got there and I was there for a week. We went up to Bonn. Had some fun little games up there, met some guys up there. And then it was, hey, we were going to Italy for a week for spring training. I'm like, oh, man, my life's miserable, right? I was like, this is once again, like, <laughs> how bad is my life, man? Instead of just sitting back home. So go down to Italy, except we go to, I think, the coldest place in all of Italy. Like I'm sitting there in two two parkas. It's like 40 degrees. I'm pitching. I'm like, oh, no, what, where are we in Italy? I was like, why don't we go down to the South Italy or something? <laughs> I was like, yeah. But it was, like I said, so cool. You're just with your boys. You're in a hotel for the week of just exploring Italy. Like some guys went to Venice. We went to Verona. We got to play um, Parma. We got to play, uh, was it Bologna, whatever. So, um, yeah, Bologna. I think that, so we played them first. Yeah, because Cesar plays for what, Parma? Parma, yeah. Okay, so I pitched against Bologna the day before. And that's where it was kind of a cool turning moment. Because I was like, Germany's good. But I was like, you have Italy and Netherlands kind of, I'd say, the top leagues in Europe. And, and so I pitched against them, went five innings, one hit like 10 Ks. And their coach came up to me after he goes, if you play in Germany next year, you're ridiculous. Like, don't do that. So I was like, okay, cool. So I kind of got like a little foot in the door to some Italy teams and this and that. So I was like, sweet. Okay. So I was like, and that was kind of like, as much as I loved Regensburg in Germany, I was like, at the same time, I was like, this is my life. And I was like, I want to travel some more, play some other countries. So I was thinking anyway, as much as I loved Regensburg, I was probably going to go try to see if it, I could go play in Netherlands, go play in Italy, and yeah. just kind of change change location just for the just for the fun of it, in a sense. And if nothing came, obviously, but it was it was cool. So I was like, okay, that's that's a cool little step. And yeah, came back from uh, Italy, and season started, and had an even better season than I the year before. So I was like, oh man, that's I could show like all the work I put in that off season. It really showed me that okay, hey, you you bought in on yourself. And it's paying off. But so just to kind of go into that a little bit, like your first season, you won pitcher of the year. You led the league in ERA, batting average against and whip. And you were in the top three with wins, strikeouts and innings pitched. And then mm-hmm. that second year you came back, uh, you won pitcher of the year again. You won the league MVP. And then you mm-hmm. led the league in strikeouts, ERA, wins, batting average against, whip and pretty much every other category, pitching category. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Hats off. It was, yeah, thank you. Yeah, it was, it was definitely good. Like I said, but it was, it's the support system I had. And it's like, as, as any, my, my dad said this so many times to me, my, his, his life is any, any great father, any great husband. it's because of the wife or the, the mom that's supporting him. And it's, it's, that's to me, it's like a, a man leads the household and the woman's the support. And, but it's 
without that woman, the man is nothing. And to me, it's the same way as like a pitcher or a hitter or this and that. They can't be who they are without that whole team of support. Without to me, and it's it goes further than that. Like the whole academy staff, the whole academy players, like all the all my guys on my team worked all day. Like they were they were just like any other place. They they worked nine to five jobs. Well, those academy kids didn't. They went to school and a lot of them were home by one o'clock and practicing. So I got to go out to academy practice and work a little extra on my craft. I had some of the like my my the backup catcher this year for my the Regensburg team was a 17 year old that will make a name in the United States one day, Killian. And that kid was willing to come work with me anytime I needed because he was right upstairs. I was living at the apartment downstairs and he was upstairs in the academy. So like all those guys, the push and the support, obviously Devin, he he had a job that year, but anytime he needed to be there with me, he was there. Tomas, my head coach at the time was anytime. Like I said, even just Marty, who was the academy coach, but also MLB Europe, just all those guys are willing to help. And it's like, Without that, man, I, it, that year is not going to happen because yeah. as much as you know, too, it's pushing yourself is tar- hard. If you don't have anyone to compete with, if you don't have anyone to to go to war against and just kind of like really keep pushing you, it's like, man, you're 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 playing against yourself. And it's, you have to know, like, am I am I actually doing the best I can? But these guys kept pushing me. I mean, each all my bullpens run around soda and we go and dig into it. I could send it back to Tyler, my buddy back in the States and just kind of go into those metrics. But yeah, man, it was like without those guys, it, it would have been nothing. But yeah, so it was it was an awesome year. But it was kind of like cool. It was my work paid off. But what a lot of people didn't see was behind the scenes. Was I was living with Jan Tomek at the time, who's a Czech national team player. He's been baseball jobs overseas before and everything like that. But me and him lived in the apartment at the field, and he going in right after we get home from Italy. Obviously, ate a lot of pasta, pizza, all this stuff. We're like. He's like, I want to lose a little bit of weight. And I was in I was in the best shape of my life. But I was like, yeah, man, let's do it. Let's do this together. And so every single morning we'd wake up, we'd have our breakfast, we'd go lift. And so he really pushed me. And so I actually lost another 15 pounds, got in the best shape of my life. And uh, at the time I was dating a, uh, she was a long distance runner. So she was running marathons and this and that. So like she, in a sense, pushed me in a sense, to like, I, just every day was at the same time, I didn't have a work. So I'd wake up in the morning, go lift, come home, eat, eat a lunch. And then I'd go for a run or go for a bike ride. So it was like, it was just all my fitness got up, but it, it improves. I not just stamina, but just everything else. So like I got into the best shape of my life and also kept pitching better. And like each, each year was just, or each season was just getting a little bit better, but it was, it wasn't just the sense of, I only trained in, in baseball. It was like, obviously the weight room, but it was, I started eating cleaner. And I, a lot of people said like, what'd you change? What was the biggest thing you changed when you went from this season to this season and then getting picked up affiliated? It was like, I kid you not, man. It was how I changed in the kitchen, like traveling around and like eating takeout all the time because you're just traveling. It, it's tough. But when I had that kitchen and was able to cook and just all that stuff, it, that's what really pushed me in a sense. I thought over the top was just really cared about my health again. So, and as much as this is, is hard to hear in the sense of international ball is I eliminated alcohol for, for the whole season. I didn't drink alcohol. I drank it one time. It was on my birthday, but I took alcohol out just in a sense for performance. But I think this is where I back to you, Dave was in the back of my head was, I want a chance at affiliated ball. So what is the, what, what can I do in a sense to keep getting better and better? And I knew kind of just cleaning up myself in general would have helped that. So I did that for the, for the time being. And obviously the, the season paid off big time for me. So. For sure. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously after this, you end up going to the Atlantic league, dominating mm-hmm. there, getting picked up by the brewers. But before we jump into that, I kind of want to dive into a little bit, like what, what was your routine like? Like, what was your like daily routine? Like, did you work out, you know, 
five times a week, every single day? Like, and what does working out entail? Was that lifting, mobility work, flexibility, explosiveness? Uh, how often were you throwing? Could you kind of get yeah. a little yeah, insight so into your training? I think it's changed like a little bit, like my, as your body changes, as you're, you age and this and that, you've got to kind of change and adapt to what your body's telling you yes and no. Um, but so yeah, um, this past season in Regensburg was, uh, I was listening, lifting five to six times a week. Um, I kind of had my own schedule and that was the first time I went off. Like I, I had, uh, in school, not study, but like really got into kind of kinesiology and all that stuff where learning the body and kind of how, so this was the first time in six years, I wasn't lifting off of someone else's program. I I made my own program for myself. My throwing program, I kept to Tyler because I trust him with my life. So I was like, I know what you're doing, but Lifting, I kind of just kind of said, let's let's change to what I'm gonna I'm gonna do what my body I think my body needs, and let's see what it does. So I was lifting. Um, pretty much it was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then either a Thursday was just like a like a nice jog day, like a sprint day, kind of stuff like that. Just mo- more running, no really lifts in general. Like take a couple bike rides, whatever it was, and then um, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Whether that ended up being that perfect, it was always three days on, one day off, three days on, one day off whether that be sometimes it was, Hey, I'm traveling Friday, Saturday. So I had to take two days off. Yeah. The hotels had some gyms or this and that, or what I would do is I'd go for a run. If I, if I was supposed to lift on that day, but I was traveling, I'd go for a run. So just kind of keeping your body active. So it wasn't, and it would never like, um, in season, I never did like a power phase. Like I was lifting like heavy, but it was never like, it was more of the explosive, like just staying loose and all that. And then I think in April, so about a month after season started, it was, um, I have a, kind of a lingering groin and hip problem that just kind of flares up each year. I was like, what can I do to loosen this up? So um, I had a buddy, Justin Medeiros, who just, ha- he's a CrossFit champion and um, one of the last two or three years um, for the CrossFit games. Talk to him about his mobility. Cause I'm like, dude, you're, you're the best. You're what CrossFit champion is considered like the the best athlete of in the, in the world. So I was like, what do you do to keep your body? Like you, you're a, a brick. What do you do? And he showed me this app. It's called, uh, it's called go wide, but it's, um, all it is is you do monthly tests of your flexibility, your mobility, and then they program something for you daily for mobility. So I started that. So each day it would be about a 30 minute cycle of mobility and back to, sorry, but a lot of times this can't happen because you're either working a job and this and that. So thank the Lord in Rainsburg, I had no job. My job was to play baseball and to coach and do this and that. So I woke up, I lift, like I said, I would go lift in the morning. I'd come home, eat a good lunch. And then um, I'd go for a bike ride or I'd go for a run, something outdoor active because it was such a beautiful year in Regensburg in the sense like the weather was awesome and corresponding. And if I couldn't go outside to run, I'd usually just hop on a stationary bike just to do that. And um, and then I'd do my mobility. So each day was pretty long, like in a sense long, but I knew that was my job. So I was like, when these guys are going to work at their, say, factory or desk job, this was like my job was to play baseball and to get better. Theirs was baseball but since they also had their their first job my first job was baseball so the lifting the this not i didn't see that as a job i saw that as like that's what i had to do and it well i mean since a job but it was that's what i had to do so it didn't ever like in a sense affect me and um but yeah so every day was doing that and then um just like sit eating eating the right way obviously i had my times where i mean i could i can't resist bavarian food i love bavarian <laughs> food and so like as much as i, I was like i'd eat that once or twice a week but me and jan just kept it clean in the kitchen and just did well. So yeah, it was a lot of working out and this and that, but I also, I like that. So like, I know some people don't like lifting. I loved it. So it's, n- it's never been a problem for me. Um, but yeah, so it was, the routine was lifts five to six times a week, 
uh, definitely sprint work at least twice a week. And then sometimes I'd go in distance runs. When I say distance runs, it was not like I'm pushing myself in the sense of like trying to go six minute miles, seven minute miles. It was, man, if I have eight, nine minute miles, just a nice cruise five miler. Cool. Bike rides, go for a 10 mile ride. Just like, usually I'd go drive to like a, a site, like, um, yeah. in Regensburg, off the cathedral or, exactly. So I'd go do that and then stop and hang out for a little bit. And it was, it was never like, it was like a taxing ride or anything like that. So but just got in that routine and then um throwing wise was it was different. Like um um I was in the offseason, I'd throw six days a week. And in season as a starter, it was so I'll just like walk you through a week of if I started on that Saturday. Sunday I was usually off. If my arm felt good, I'd probably go throw just literally nice and light toss um into a net, into a lot of my throwings into a net because I didn't well with Regenberg we'd practice, but Everything else was just throw it to a net. My whole off season here is throwing into a net. So nice and light, easy, but usually a day off. Just go get a really heavy lower body lift, but no, no throwing. And then throughout the week, it was we had practice. So like I said, Saturday through Saturday, Sunday I was off. Monday was technically another off day. I'd go find a guy to probably get out to just nice, easy distance, but same thing, no, no stress, nothing like that. Yeah. Tuesday I was back on a mound, but it was at 70, 80%. And um, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we practice. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I threw every day at practice just that night. Um, just kind of whatever it is. I was not, I'm not a big long tosser in season. The only day I long toss is my start day. Um, every other day is probably no more than 90 feet. I was never been a big long tosser. When I grew up, I was a long tosser, but um, 90 feet max. But it's the stress level of your arm. I know, you know, it's like some days you're throwing at 50%, 60%. Some days you're throwing at 80%, but it's just at 90 feet. So you just kind of increase that time. But I, the biggest thing for me is I like getting downhill. Um, I don't think there's anything for a fl- like flat grounds are great, but it doesn't relate to, it relates to the mound, but until you feel that slope, you're not really going to exactly. So um, my command, yeah, your weight shifts and yeah. hundred percent. So yeah. even if you're only your, your lower body can always be working hundred percent, but if you're, your upper body is working 50, 60, it's not taxing on your arm. So I would get, like I said, it was, I'd pitch on a Saturday. Usually I'm downhill by Tuesday. My bullpen's on a Thursday, something like that, where and my, and my bullpens are were never a hundred percent. Like I'd never, maybe 30 pitches, but it was like usually 80%. Like if I was throwing 90 miles per hour, my top fastball velocity might be 80 to 82. So it was never like in a sense push, but it was like enough to where I could command my stuff. My off speed, I'd work a little bit more and stuff like that, but it was just more really good downhill. Um, there's drills I would do where I'd bring a portable mound out to the field and do my 90 foot or to 120 long, not long toss, but throwing only using the hill just to feel okay. the slope. I think That's there's awesome. nothing. Yeah. I think there's nothing to relate to that mound more than feeling yourself actually getting down the slope. Yeah. So, um, just stuff like that. But that was, that was kind of my routine. Um, but I think that's the biggest difference too, was some guys, I, I just obviously training at tread where there's so many like professional athletes there and this and that. I'm like, some guys throw three days a week, some throw seven, some long toss four times. A week. It's like each person's different. And yeah. I think that's the hardest part of you can't build. You have to figure out what's best for you. Yeah. And like as a coach and a trainer here at my facility is that's the biggest thing. Like when I run my pitching clinics, I look at every single one of them, especially like when it's the 10 to 12 year old ages. I'm like, do you guys want to all pitch like me? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, do you guys want to all have the same mechanics as me? And they're like, yeah, I'm like, absolutely not. I was like, first off, I have cruddy mechanics. Like if you look at me, I'm like, my mechanics aren't the cleanest, but it works for me. Um, I throw from a couple of different arm slots. So it's like, I have to know how to change it up and that this and that, but it's um, find what works for you in a sense and just make it, make the best out of it for you. So if that's long toss if that's, but, and that's, I think that's what's also come with my time overseas is I've learned what works best for me because in affiliated ball, you kind of like, you're playing every single day. 
you don't play every single day internationally. You're playing two, three times a week. So it was like, I really got to experience with my body and how I react to different things. So I got to try. It's, it's like a trial and error. You, it's in anything. It's trial and error, but that's what I did. So, but yeah, my week was filled with training, but it was to me that that was the fun part of it. So it was cool. So and just the beauty of it, having all that extra time on your hands, if yeah. you take, if you take advantage of it and, but you're, you're living, oh. proof if you take advantage of it and you go for it, of course, it helped to have Jan uh, Tomic there and, and the academy kids, you know, someone around to help that not every oh, yeah. has that luxury of somebody there that is, is with that same amount of time on their hands <laughs> and drive. But and not every import has the, you know, the privilege of having a facility like Regensburg to train at, where you have Rapsodo for every bullpen, you have portable mounds that you can just kind of pull out and throw along cross with. Oh, like, yeah. It's funny because I will never, Surfers Paradise is my favorite place in the world, but like training wise there, I had to push myself. There was, everyone's working. It's like throwing that. That's where I learned how to really, my best friend was Annette because like, that's the only person I would throw with me. Yeah. And there was times and weeks in service paradise. I'd pitch the Friday games and Saturday games. And then I didn't throw again until that following Friday. And it was just like, that's just how it was. It was, I was working. No one was willing to throw the baseball complex was 20 minutes for me. So it's like, man, I was like, ah, I'm good. I'll hang out for the day. I'm going to go to the beach and stuff. Like, so yeah. it was like, but that's where I kind of, it, it changed for me where in Regensburg is I had everything I could possibly need in a sense of besides like the only thing a lot of like, so Back to, I think I told you about it with the like the nationals and stuff that were looking to sign me kind of in season. Yeah. Some teams reached out and said, Can you send me Trackman Dad? I'm like, Dude, I'm in Germany. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I was like, I was like, the United, every team in the United States doesn't even have Trackman yet. You think I'm going to yeah. have it in Germany? And I'm like, I was like, I got wrapped out of that. And they're like, Oh, it's kind of irrelevant. I'm like, They're like, We send it. They're like, Send it. But it's like at the same time, we need you to see you on Trackman. I'm like, Cool, man. Well, um, you want to find me back to the States real quick, pitch and then come back? Like, I was like, What, what do you want me to do? So, but it was just a kind of like that. Yeah. I sent out those tweets and I just sent out stuff to, Hey, uh, here's my season stats so far. Here's Rapsodo data. But each, what was cool for me to see, go back and see was each tweet I put out, which was like usually a month or two apart. My Rapsodo data got a little bit better. My stats were a little bit, better. it was, it was like, okay, something's paying off. Something's really working and I'm showing it. And I was like, I just kept praying. I was like, all right, something's going to work out here. And to me, I thought it was affiliated ball. And I know I told you, I've, I told a very select you. I don't even know if I told you Dave, but it was, um, right before the first game of the well, semifinals oh. against Padawan, we were, yeah. So it was that day we were driving up to Padawan, which is about six hours from Regensburg. Halfway through, I get this call from an unknown number and I'm like, what? And I answer it and it's a guy from MLB. And I'm like, what? I'm like, all right, cool. And he's about, and going through stuff. And then I get a, I'm um, just kind of like just physical stuff. Like what's your name, birthday, this and that. So I was like, I don't know what this is about. Like, I'm kind of confused. Literally, as we hang up, I get a text from a national, the the international scout for the nationals, pretty much saying, just asking about some stuff, sending some stuff, send them reps out of stuff. And um, pretty much within about an hour more of the drive was, we want to sign you. And I was like, wait, what? And I was like, well, okay. And so we got a couple phone calls and sorry, rewind. I don't know how I've been hit on him, but the biggest, one of the biggest lessons for me this year in Regensburg was Bruce Hines. Um, this dude is a legend in the States. Um, he coached, he was a third base coach, first base coach, um, just 20 plus years in the big leagues. His dad was a big league coach forever, but this dude came, he's good friends with Marty Bruner at Ravensburg and he had just got fi not fired, but like the whole cleaning staff of the angels. So, um, when Madden got released, um, all the staff was pretty much gone too. So he didn't know what he wanted to do, but he knew he wanted to travel a little bit. 
So Marty got into Regensburg and he had been to Regensburg before. So he knew the facilities, he knew everything. So this dude was he's in his sixties, but I mean, just the, one of the coolest guys ever. He'd come on our trips with us. Like he went and traveled, he went to the Alps with us. He went to um, Prague with us. He did all this stuff with us. So like he was one of the guys, but he's in his sixties. And the best part is he had a little dog, he had his dog with him. So uh, we'd always have a dog with us just traveling, but <laughs> what he knew in his background of baseball, I mean, elevated me even more. And the coolest part is he lived right across the hall from me and Jan. So there was two apartments in Regensburg and or in the fit baseball complex. Me and Jan lived in the two bedroom. He lived in the one bedroom. The amount of times we were just back and forth was awesome. And then starting in June, me and Bruce went upstairs to the beach house, the restaurant, every single night for a, a, either an espresso shot, a coffee, something just just to talk. And for about an hour every single night, I got to just ask him questions and pour myself out and him just kind of mentored me too. So that was like, it, it's funny that that's, that's the behind the scenes part that no one would know about until someone asked about it. But this dude was it, not like a second dad, but like literally like a coach that I've never had before, because it wasn't just coaching in a sense of baseball. It was coaching of everything. And um, obviously his connections in baseball, this is how the nationals thing came. Um, he happened to be in the band with me this day. So it was, so helpful for me because obviously at the same time I we had seven of the guys in the car and me and Bruce sat we talked and we're like, hey, let's keep this quiet. We have two big playoff games coming up in Patamon semifinals and we're we're looking to get back to the championship for the first time in a few years. Let's keep it quiet. So my van, we agreed, let's keep this quiet. Let's see what oh, we don't want it to kind of put any minds at like re, like we just didn't want anyone in their heads thinking about this. So me and Bruce kept talking, but so obviously the first night I paddle, I, I know I can only pitch game two. So the first night I paddle on, it's where I was six hours back. So I'm talking to these guys back and forth and I, it's like two in the morning and I'm still talking to them. And um, there were some questions. So I said at the time, I was like, Hey, I can't physically do anything. I cannot get on a plane and fly out. I can't do anything. I was like, I'm here. Um, I can't leave. I'm six, six and a half hours away from my house. And um, obviously I'd have to pack up. Cause they were like, they kept asking, when's the soonest you can get here? When's the soonest you can get here? And I was like, uh, give me three days. Pretty much. I was like, I, we play Saturday, Sunday, I'll drive back Sunday night, Monday, I'll pack up. I'll leave Tuesday, something like that. And they're like, cool. My, I was, and they're like, we'll regather. So we, they talked to me each day. So I, they even said they cleared me like, cause at first I was like, okay, they're probably not going to let me pitch. And I was scared. I was like, oh man, I don't want to do this to my team. Um, well, he's like, no, go ahead and pitch. I pitched. So I pitched and we won that game. I think we, we left there in the series tied one to one. And that's when I kind of let my team know and everything. And they were, everyone was super, obviously super happy. They're like, it's a, it's a bummer. Like we wish you could finish out the season, but we totally understand. So then um, they asked me to put them in touch with someone in front office. So we talked to the front office and some things just kind of went a little like sideways and it was a little, just nothing, nothing like bad to say about them, but it was just kind of like the, it was, it was weird. And so they kind of halted everything. So for the next week or two, we ended up losing the following weekend to Padamon, but I was like, okay, well, they didn't sign me. I didn't get to go home and uh, start playing there. So I just stayed and I played. Um, and then Bruce got back in touch with the Nationals right when season ended. And instead of – usually I stay for a couple of weeks to travel, um, but I knew kind of there was some lingering stuff back home with the teams. I was like, okay. Uh, so <laughs> we, we lost on Sunday, game five. Monday we had a party for me going home. And Tuesday morning, I got on a flight and went home, called the Nationals guy and it just didn't, nothing came. And that's totally fine. I was like, cool, no problem. Like I, I messed up whatever it was, like I, whatever it was, but I, I couldn't get here in time, this and that. So no problem. It was just, it fell through. 
But like I said, everything turned into a positive for me. So I was like, man, like this is like the third, fourth time a team's kind of reached out and nothing's come. So what I do, put another tweet out there. And Brady Salisbury, man, that dude, is, he's going to be – that kid will be a GM in the big leagues one day. But he's a, he's my age. He's 25-year-old GM of the Gastonia Honey Hunters, who was – it happened to be their second year of the Atlantic League. And he saw a tweet. Same thing. I was, I was – I'm a special ed teacher, so I was with my blind student at the time. And I get a message on Twitter, and it's from Brady. And he just goes, can you send me this data you're talking about? So I sent him all my rap set of data. And he's like, when can you call? I was like, well, I'm, I'm a teacher. Like, can I, can I call you when I get off court? He's like, yep, yeah, no problem. This was on a Monday. Called him. I was, I was down in North Carolina on Wednesday right? and pitching. And I was active that night. So I didn't pitch that Wednesday night, but I pitched the next night. Um, so it was just, it just, it said it was, it was all a God thing where it was, everything was falling back into place. And I was like, cool, this is getting my start in the United States again. So um, that's how I kind of got to the indie ball and just starting to pitch and guess any of it. So I don't know if we want to hit on anything I've talked about in the past, but, but yeah, that's kind of the, how it got oh, to I, that point. I, I think that's a good transition. Cause you didn't really pitch too much with Gaston. I mean, you threw 10 innings, you had a 0.9 ERA. Looks like you had 11 strikeouts, uh, yeah. one walk. Uh, I, you, you killed it. And like, you know, you're going against, you know, formal triple A guys, MLB guys, double A guys, like Atlantic league's legit. Oh, that's oh, dude! I will never forget the first first game I played. I'm sitting there, and uh, you got uh, well. Sorry, second game I played. The first game I played, Logan Morrison's their DH. I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, cool, sweet. This, this is awesome. And then <laughs> the, the next series we play is the uh, Wild Health Genomes, and um, they have five outfitters, and all of them have MLB time. I mean, you have Chris Davis, the one with the K, that had three straight years of 40 plus home runs in the MLB, and I'm like, this yeah, yeah. with the face <laughs> yeah, exactly, with Oakland, exactly. And then you have. Jimmy Paredes, you have Chris Shaw, you have then you have pitchers in their bulk aid, like uh, what's his face? Uh, he was a lefty for the, but it, you have like ten guys on their team that had big league time. And then you have guys on my team, like Zach Godley is on my team, Jack Reinheimer, who all debuted and stuff like that. Alex Sanabia, and oh, I'm yeah, like, you played with uh, John Anderson too, yeah. John, and exactly, yeah. yeah. We talked about, it, yeah, but it's like all these guys. I'm like, they're like, what's the highest level you played? I'm like. Germany, I think. I mean, a Germany, Brisbane League, or men's league in Canada. I don't know. And the low, I mean, I kid you, there was only one other guy on my team that hadn't played affiliated ball. There was one guy that had played Atlantic League already, but everyone else was high A or higher. And I'm like, and I kid you not. So on our script, when you when you come into pitch, they would say like highest level, and mine just said international. But I'm like, oh, thank the Lord it said international because that could be in Japan. It could be stuff. I was like, it could mean something else. And but it was, but it was funny because like all these the, the fans got behind me. They they learned my story kind of a little bit, and they thought it was awesome. And I, I did. I got a pitch well there, and um, so that was cool in the sense to do that. But yeah, all the ex big leaguers, ex AAA guys, and this and that. I was like, man, this is awesome. So, but it was it was super encouraging for me because I was like this is where I get to test myself in a sense. It's, it was almost better that I think I went there first in affiliated ball. Cause I was like, let me see how I stack up against these guys. Yeah. Some of them are a little older and retired from LB this and that, but I was like, they didn't lose their touch. I mean, they're still like, they're still big leaguers in a sense. It just, sure. And so I was like, all right, let's see how I do against this. And I performed and I was like, okay, cool. So it was kind of that like solidification of like, okay, Hey, you, you belong here. It's not like you think, cause it, it was never like a, I was never in a sense like down on myself, but it was like, am I, am I truly good enough to go back and play in the States? Is, is that the reason I'm not playing in the States? Cause I'm not good enough. And I was like, I'm a six foot right-hand pitcher. Like that's a dime a dozen. Yeah. I have some little outlier pitches and like t- different arm slots, but I'm like, I'm, I still don't, it's not like I throw a hundred miles per hour. 
So it was like, okay. But in Germany, I topped out at 94, like 94, 95. Um, and guess I was sitting 94, 95. So I was like, I don't know what flip, but it was also going from starting to back to one. I was a one inning guy. Exactly. I was only throwing one inning. I never threw more than like 13 pitches in one inning and, or in a day. Cause I, or I threw like one time I went an inning in two thirds or something like that, but it was like, and I got there and, um, my pitching coach, uh, Reggie was a firmer first rounder and I'm like, okay, cool. So he can help me. And it was that. So, but one of the first conversations I had with them was, Hey man, like we, we appreciate what you're like, you're here and what you've done, but like, you got to earn your spot. There's a lot of guys that are like, Proven this and like I'm like oh I totally I'm like I dude I'm coming in the last month of the season like I know I got to prove myself so I was like if I pitch an inning or two and help you guys great if I don't pitch great like I'm here though and so I pitched for my first outing went really well second outing went really well and they kind of looked at me straight and said hey um, we have our eighth and ninth inning guy but we want you to be the seventh inning guy I was like sweet so I'm a setup guy I was like awesome and so end up being that the rest of the year um, and then just it was it was cool. Cause we had a, I mean, godly at the time was uh, rehabbing. So he came to the bullpen. So he was our sixth inning guy. I was seventh inning Sam Bordner, who's this six foot six, six foot seven, like 240 pound guy that just pumps like freaking like heavy sinkers is our eighth inning guy. And then Jesus Bagular, who's tops out at a hundred is our closer. And I'm like, sick, man. I was like, oh, we got a staff dude. Like, <laughs> I was like, this is awesome. So I'm sitting there just in the mix, but um I don't know if I touched on it with you a little bit, Jimmy, because I know you know a little bit more. Um, but what was the coolest part was, um, yeah, I pitched 10 innings. But what doesn't know is I signed – I technically signed with the Brewers way before I actually signed. Oh, wow. Uh, so after – I'd thrown four innings in the Atlantic League, just so four outings. Um, we were sitting in High Point, North Carolina, and me and Godley were – our lockers were next to each other, and we're just sitting there talking pregame, just hanging out. We'd already done our BP and everything, so I think it's like it – was, it, was, it was 35 minutes before the game. We're sitting there, but this this was game four, the four. We had four more games until the end of, or until playoffs, and we knew the rosters had to get cut a little bit. I was one of the last guys there, so our GM, who comes to a lot of the games, Brady, he taps me on the shoulder in the locker room, and I'm like, "What are you doing here?" And uh, and he's like, "Can you come with me to uh, Goose's office, who's our manager?" I was like, "Ah, yeah." And so I look at Guy's man, and so we just assumed since I was one of the last guys, this and that, that was just kind of. Like, hey, you're here for the rest of the year, but you're on the playoff roster. Like, you're the new guy. Like, no problem. And I, I and I understood it too. I was like, okay, I'm like, I'm happy with what I've done, but I, I totally understand this. So, guy was like, man, I'm sorry. And I was like, no, no, it's all good, man. So I, I walked to, to Goose's office, and they closed the door, and it's Goose, Brady, and me in there. And Goose just kind of looks at me, and he's like, here's a number. Um, you got to call it. And he's like, it's a guy from the Brewers. And I'm like, what? I'm like, all right, cool. But it was kind of just nonchalantly get on the phone. And first thing he says was, what's up, man? I'm like, Hey, he's like, how are you doing? I'm like, good. He's like, you want to be a brewer? And I was like, I mean, dude, if, if my, I don't, I don't know how quick I answered. I was like, it probably took me 10, 15 seconds. I was like, what? I was like, yeah, dude. Like, and it was, so it, it was just, it was a full circle moment finally coming back. And I was like, man, this wow. is, this is so cool, dude. This is awesome. And so we talked for a few minutes and the best is like, it's like six ten now. Our game starts at six 30 and he goes, um, yeah, so I know you might have to pitch tonight. So, uh, let's talk more tonight or tomorrow morning, like go get ready for the game. This and that, like, I don't want to distract you too much. And I was like, yeah, too late. Like, are you kidding me? Dude? Like, yeah. I was like, what are you talking about? Um, so we, uh, we obviously did that and he's like, Hey, the, the biggest thing was back to it was 
their minor league seasons were ending that same week. So he's like, why don't you, you guys are in a playoff, like you're in first place, you punch first place, stay there and pitch and work through playoffs. He goes, I hate taking guys off teams when they're in playoff races and stuff like that. He goes, we, there's nothing in a sense you could come do here right now for us. Like you're, we're going to get you out to Arizona right after, but he goes pitch for them. I was like, man, that's, so it was like awesome. It was like, dude, this is, this is sweet. I get it. I get to finish this. I got to go to play with the Brewers and, and, and like start my career. But so I did that. So I went back to Godley and he's like, are you good, man? I was like, dude, I'm better than good. And Zach's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and, and so, but sorry, back to what the Brewers said. They were like, hey, don't, don't tell much. Cause it was official pending physical as, as any contract is. So, but until I could get to Arizona, I couldn't do my physical. So right. I knew the next two and a half weeks of pitching, I was, I had to be careful. We talked to Goose, the manager. He's like, I'm not going to overuse you. You're going to be my seventh inning guy if needed. Like we're not going to pitch you in a game that we're way up or way down. So the brew, like they we cleared everything up in a sense. That's why I was able to stay. Okay. And so I told Gali and he's like, and I told him and he was the only one I told. And he's like, don't tell anyone else. And I'm like, what? He's like, I'll take care of it. Don't tell anyone else. I was like, all right. So I, then I go call my parents and mom's hysterically crying on the phone and this and that. I'm like, oh man. I was like, but at the same time, it's six now it's 620. I games in 10 minutes. I got to be out there for the national anthem. And so I was like, <laughs> hey, I talk like I will call you guys after the game and talk everything. But I was like, I got to go. I just want to tell you, I love you guys. Like, like, thanks for always supporting me and believing in me and hung up and ran out. So <laughs> then we get down there, we do the national anthem. And this is a moment I'll remember for the rest of my life. Um, just coming from who it was and just the moment it meant. Um, Godly got all the pitchers and everyone together down in the bullpen, even our starting pitcher. Like he, after he finished his pregame bullpen, he said, no, you're staying right here. And um, he goes, just, uh, he goes, don't want to take away from the game. Don't want to take away from us focusing on what we have to do. Um, but uh, this guy right here, and he's pointing me, um, just got his first affiliate contract ever. And he's signing with the Milwaukee Brewers. So it was just like a moment right there before the game in the bullpen. But I like, did it like almost brought me to tears. I'm like, dude, this is the like, man, it was, and just everyone embracing me and stuff like that. So it was, it was one of the coolest moments of my baseball career. And it wasn't even a playing moment. So it was, but it was just like I said, it was Zach, like Zach Guiley, who's a 10 year big leaguer. He knew what that moment meant. And he didn't, he didn't want it to take it away from me. He wanted, he wanted everyone to know in the sense of in the right way. So he, the way he did that, it, I'm always, I'll forever remember that moment in him and who he, and who that, that, that moment, who he was to me. So, Got through the game, we ended up winning. I think I pitched. I actually did pitch that game or something like that. So it was like, oh, cool. But um, and obviously, it started trickling through the the locker room with all the position players and all that. And then, um, so yeah. So then it was more of a we go to Charles or Charlestown or Charleston, West Virginia, play the next three games. And it, um, like I said, at this time, it's not a, it's not announced. Like it's not allowed to be announced because it's pending. No, I don't. In a sense, the Brewers don't want to announce it. I didn't want to announce it to like. In a sense, the Atlantic League or everyone else to my friends. Like, I think I told a handful of friends. Um, I told, obviously told my parents and my sister and brother-in-law. Um, but, like, my even my family, like, my aunts and uncles, no one knew. I was like, we cannot, like, it's it's got to wait till Because I don't want, it's, it's, I've been down this road where something comes yeah. and then it falls through. It was like, let's make sure it gets, let's, we solidify it through. So we finish it and then we um, go and we, we're in the playoffs. And it's where there's four teams left and we're playing high point again, who's kind of our rival. And... I kid you not, this is another cool moment. Um, it was a game four, I think it was. We had a benches clean brawl. Logan Morrison caused some problems on our bench. One of our guys went out him, and it was oh, just shit. and it was like when I say punches, everything. It was like it was like oh sweet. Like I've been in some benches clearing up in like even Canada and Australia, but I was like, this was like a legit one. Well, their pitching coach, uh, Frank Viola, he's a former Cy Young Award winner. Frank yeah. I'm in yeah. the middle of the scuffle, and this dude pulls my hair. 
and I, and obviously long hair. I'm like, I turned around. I was like, I was like, I'm about ready to throw a punt. I was like, what? And I turn around and it's this guy, this older gentleman, just like I said, former Cy Young award winner looks at me and he just goes, Hey, good luck with the brewers. Smacks him in my butt and runs away. And I was like, what just happened, dude? I was like, yeah. I was, so I was like, he knew like my team had told him, but I was like, what just happened? Um, Frank Farola pulled your hair, smacked you in the butt and said, good luck with the brewers. Good luck with Ran away. And I was like, I was like, what? okay. Like I was like in the time I was like, where, where am I at right now? I was like, what just happened? Um, but uh, like I said, so go on, we end up winning, like we're losing game five. So almost exactly identical to Regensburg. We're the one seed. We lose in the last game of the semifinals. We don't go to the championship. However, the day before the Brewers reached out and said, Hey, no matter what happens, we might have to get you to Arizona early because if we would have went through the championship series, I would have only been there for like a day or two of the Arizona league and instructs and everything like that. So they're like, we need to get you out here for your physical and to get everything done. It just happened that we lost. So it was no problem. So I did my blood. I actually did my blood work down in South. I drove down to South Carolina, did my blood work there. Next day I drove home or no, the same day of my blood work, I drove home to Virginia, um, which was like six hours, packed everything up and got on a flight the next day, Tuesday afternoon to fly to Arizona, got out there, did my physical. <laughs> First day of the physical, we're just going through the, the most basic stuff, like the like almost like a general physical. And they do an EKG and something shows weird. And I'm like, what? And they're like, have you ever done an EKG? I'm like, not that I like, no, like, I don't remember any of this stuff. They're like, okay, well, this is not part of the product, like, uh, not part of, in a sense, what we normally do, but we have to take you to a cardiologist. And I'm like, what? I'm like, and I, the one thing in my life I'm scared of is doctors. I do not, I like dentists perfectly fine, but doctors, I do not do doctors. Ever since my mom's, like my mom went through cancer twice. And ever since like, I saw that stuff, it was, just, it was really hit. Like, I'm like, I'm just not a fan of doctors. And that's a foot. Yeah, like I'll go if I need to, but that's it. So I'm like, okay. So the next day, um, and, they, and they also told me, this is at the time, like until my physical is passed, I can't do any baseball activity. I can't lift. I can't do anything. And they said it could take a few days to get you to the cardiologist because it just depends on the opening. Such a God thing. The next morning they have one, someone cancels and there's an opening. So we get rushed in there. They, and back to the hating doctors, I've never had an IV in my arm. I've given one like blood once in my life. I don't do this. So I had to do all that. I had an IV in my arm for over an hour doing this bubble test and everything. Um, and just have the, the, a cardiologist just look at my, my heart to find out I have something called RBV, which is like right bundle branch blockage, um, which is kind of like something's like swollen up. And then I have like a four or five holes in my heart. And I was like, Oh man, I was like, so this is probably going to be in, and it. Like, that's probably not allowed to be like, that's probably not passed by in a sense to be approved to play in a sense. Cardiologist said it's pretty normal. And I was like, wait, what? what's pretty normal. He goes, holes and hearts are very normal. He goes, usually they close up like you have them as a kid and you won't even know you had a hole in your heart because by the time you're old enough to do EKGs, they close up. Well, mine just hadn't closed up. And he goes, he goes, do you ever have like your heart flutter or like anything? I was like, yeah, every once in a while, like it's, he's like, that's probably why it just, it's the air going through your heart a little differently. I was oh. like, ah, he, but he cleared me to play. And so as much as that was a scare, he cleared me to play. And so the next day I got to sign my official contract and I was good to go. And oh, yeah. so as much as it was, it was like, it was a process, but it was, I, once I conquered my fears of doctors, but I got my first IV ever and did that. I was like, man, I had to do all this just to, to get to affiliate ball. But I signed my contract and the next day I was able to start throwing again with the guys and threw a few bullpens down in Arizona and got on the track, man, obviously there and um, faced my very last day in Arizona. I faced live hitters um, and didn't allow a hit. So it was a kind of like uh, just a, like I said, back to full circle, just like, man, like, okay, like I do belong here. Like I, I am 
proving myself in a sense to to get back and play in the States and to, to start my journey here. And that's kind of where it's now that where it is now I'm in the off season, but I'm training my butt off and ready to get rolling for spring training. So that's amazing, man. Yeah. Now, I mean, obviously from our perspective, like we're, we couldn't be more happy for you because <laughs> there's a very, very limited number of people who go overseas and, <laughs> you know, have made it back to the U S and get signed, especially, you know, like your first professional contract. There's a handful of other guys who especially, you know, go to Europe, go to Australia, uh, do well, and then get picked up or they were signed, go overseas, and then they get picked up again. Yeah. Um, but not too many guys, you know, go from college ball to Canada to Australian State League to Germany <laughs> and then finding their, like, signing their first affiliated contract. Yeah. So, like, that's that's really awesome, man. Like, we're really yeah. happy for you. I mean, go ahead, Dave. Well, it was just also fun just to hear the behind the scenes mm-hmm. steps involved in that, and and uh, you know that that off season where you just said, "All right, I'm I'm going to work harder than I've ever hard- worked," mm-hmm. combined with the platform that was given to you, or the facilities, or the environment that was provided at Regensburg, and um, just to hear hear how all these steps kind of all connected. You know, because you, you always had the good stuff, but I'm sure like there was some some improvements, obviously, during that that hard work in the off season and in Regensburg and everything that got you to that next level that um that caught caught the eye of of Definitely. the right people. And and but I think, you know, I while you're speaking, I'm thinking like, could this have happened if you were in like a middle or bottom team in Germany? Like, yeah, exactly. You know, like it like, doesn't matter so. how hard you work sometimes if you don't have you know, because they have the connections there and with through Bruce and, and, you know, and then, of course, everything's live stream. So you can put together video footage and the rap soto and everything. It's like it just all came together for you. And it's, you know, like and, you said, we couldn't be happier. Like this is an yeah. awesome story. It's it's so many people like I've done a couple of pod- I've done a side automation podcast. I did one with App State. I've done obviously article with your guys. And then I did one with uh, App State to a long article with them. And it was every single time they're like, like which which push i'm like dude without baseball jobs overseas without the platform they give i was like i would this would never have happened like it was like this it's i most likely wouldn't be playing baseball anymore because like if there wasn't international like this community in a sense to keep pushing me but also just like you two and then everyone else i've met through baseball jobs overseas and just the amazing support system and cast and community it's like man like they're the ones that kept pushing me they're the ones that like let me get to this position like yeah, obviously I perform, but I was like, that's the least of it. Like you got to perform anywhere you go to keep playing. But it's like, if you guys didn't have it, the, this platform wasn't there. It's like, how would I, how would have I even known about this? How would I even known to go play in Germany or Australia and this and that? It's like, so I mean, I, everyone I've said, like, it's your, your guys's name and website and communities got out to many different people now through App State and this and that, which is, I've had many people through Instagram or Twitter just reach out and ask about you guys and, and the, your first thing I say is, dude, go put a profile out there. If you if you were really thinking about it, I've had high school kids reach out to me. I'm like, dude, you got a long career. I was like, go get through college first and then follow this. I was like, this will always be here. I promise you. I was like, these guys aren't going away. Like, you're gonna you're gonna have a chance. And um, but it's like, it's it's so cool to be able to like see baseball around the world and then the way it's played. And I I I said it in I think every other podcast in this I've done, but it was without baseball jobs overseas, I wouldn't have found the love of the game I did. Cause like in Australia, when I'm working out by myself, throwing into a net, doing everything on my own, having no one to push me, having no one to compete with me, 
just kind of trusting my own process without that, I wouldn't have, I, I wouldn't have appreciated and loved the game as much as I do now. Like, because I know what the work I put in and by myself and how a lot of it's self-taught, um, how it got me to the next level and how just appreciative I am. Like, I mean, I think the good Lord every day, but like without people like Trad Athletics and Tyler, like those guys pushed me, even when I was international, a lot of their guys are in-house training. And I was like, I'm, I'm a six hour time difference or sometimes 14 hour time difference when I was in Australia. And yet these guys made time for me to set up zoom calls like this, just to talk about my process. Um, obviously you guys always providing the way in a sense to just the, the message from Jimmy. Hey, what do you think about Regensburg? What are you talking about, dude? What do you like? <laughs> it's like just the, even though I never got to play, but like just the Prague baseball weekend. And then the one down at your guys' place, it's like just coming to see, just get with all the guys and just meet them. It's like without that stuff. And then, um, the one that is very behind the scenes that no one knows about is what the baseball facility that I've called home forever is Scooter's Choice Baseball here in Percival. We have a very small town here in Virginia, country farm town. And um, one of a, a just, I consider him a great friend now. He's a, he's a dad, his, his, he has three sons, but um, he's given me work since I was 14 years old. And I've worked out in this baseball facility. It's a small baseball facility since I was 14, but he's also had me a job. And every time I come back here, it's without question. I have a job and I have a place to train. And yeah. And the coolest part was when I was by myself in there and I had no one to hold a radar gun. Like we found ways, like we would tape it around an L screen <laughs> or he'd, if he was there, he'd come hold it. And this dude, he's a dad that just loves the game. And um, obviously he played D2 baseball, D3 baseball, stuff like that. But it's he, so he knows the game, but like Dan miles is, will forever be indebted to me because of what he's done for me here in my little town of Percival. Like, yes, Tread Athletics gets national recognition. He will never get national recognition because of how small we are here in Percival. But he's the one every single day, like right after this, I'm going to throw right there for his choice. And I know Dan's going to be right there behind the door, smiling back at me, waving, saying hi, good morning. And just so like that, that guy, like, and I can't express my gratitude to him enough, but there's so many different people that have led me, like I said, the support staff I've had, obviously parents, sister, this and that, like without them all, it's, this wouldn't have been impossible, but like, obviously it's so cool to be able to do this with you guys because you guys are the two guys that led the way for me in the sense of each team. Like, yeah, you said, you have to perform, you have to keep playing, but it's like, if this wasn't around, I I don't, I don't know what I'd be doing. Like maybe I would have tried any ball right away. Maybe I would have done something, but it's like, man, the the opportunities you guys gave me is just incredible. So I I'm like said forever and great in debt to you guys and grateful for you guys. And I told Jimmy just the other day, I said, cause I was, it was, I was about to renew my, uh, profile and I was like at the same time I was like all right what do I do and so I was like hey is my profile gonna go away like if I if I don't renew it right now or is it saved so like when I because I said when I do come back to international baseball because I know for a fact however long I play in the states whether until I'm 40 until I'm in two years I was like I'm not done international baseball whether that be coaching playing I was like I'm gonna go back and travel a little bit more I was like that's that's the plan and um so I, I made sure I was like that that profile can't go away man because I know I'm coming back to you guys so it's just been it's so cool for me got that what you guys do so yeah that's awesome to hear, man and your your story like we appreciate your story and you sharing it because that's gonna inspire a lot of people that you know don't make that commitment to overseas baseball because they're worried about it being a dead end oh, yeah you know, and, and your proof in the pudding, like, sure, there's not, not every club has the resources and the people that Regensburg does, but this is with your kind of determination and and the work you put in, there's, there's always another import that can throw with you and work with you. So this is very possible without, you know, the, the resources that are at Regensburg, but 
Um, but you know, it's your hard work and dedication and positive attitude. And, uh, I think that's a big part of it too, is like, you know, every, every roadblock along the way, you kept a positive attitude and kept going forward. And I think that's, that's where a lot of people stop their journey is because they hit something hard. It's like, man, push through it, man. Like you got this, like I, I, you, one thing I've lived by my whole life is you're your biggest fan and you're also your biggest critique. Like you got it there's not going to be people that are always going to push you. There's not going to be people that are always going to say like, you got this. Like sometimes you got to do that. It's self-talk. You got to do it yourself, but you also got to be your biggest coach and critique. Like sometimes, you know, like I could, when I was in Australia, like I was pitching really well, but I also know I wasn't working as hard as I could. Like I didn't throw every single day. I didn't lift every single day. It's like, if it, but in the long term, if I wanted to get back here, that's what I did. I changed back to doing that. It's like, you have to know when you have to make changes, but it just be your biggest fan and be your biggest critique. But then also, back to when you just said it was like make sure like people know going to international baseball it's not a dead end i'm like even if it's you don't get back to affiliate ball it's not a dead end i promise you the people you're going to meet the places you're going to go and just that this the places the the love of the game you're going to get again like it's all well worth it i don't care if you never make it back to affiliate ball like i hope every single person does that'd be the coolest story ever but at the same time like it's just realistic it's not going to happen like i'm very blessed that it's happened to me but even if I never made it back to affiliated ball, I would have never said it was a dead end because of what you guys provide and where I got to see now. Like just the fact, like just the crazy, just to a, a random story of how I got to go to Greece was a friend I work with here back in the States, her family, someone in her family was getting married. They're like, Hey, we're flying into Munich and going to Greece for a wedding. Like, what are you doing that week? We happened to be playing a, a lower end team. And I talked to my coach and we were already clinched first place. And I was like, Hey, can I go to Greece? He's like, yeah, no problem. I flew to Greece round trip for 250 bucks. I was yeah. like, are you kidding, dude? And I spent a week in Greece just exploring yeah. Greece because of someone I knew back home. But because I was international, they, I was the only person they reached out to. They're like, oh, we didn't know anyone else international. And we were flying an hour away from where you lived. Like, why not come see us? So we got it. We actually, I hopped on their exact flight from Munich to Greece. So it wasn't like I met them there. We, I was like, I, I'm an hour from Munich. What flight are you? I'll, I'll just hop on that one. So it's like, it's like, it's like, are you kidding me, man? Like, it's not a dead end. Like the places I've seen, I've been to, probably 10 different countries in two weeks in uh, Europe. My first year I was there and obviously Australia, you know, Australia don't that place. You you can throw a rock and you're going to go somewhere cool. Like it's, 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 uh, but man, it's not a dead end. It's, it's, this is probably the coolest baseball community I've ever been involved with. And I, I mean, even if I make a big league roster one day, whether whatever team it's going to be, I promise you, this is going to be the story I still tell of how, how I got there and how, how it all started because with, I mean, who can say they, I, I say this never, but who can say they got bit by a poisonous fire in Australia um, and has two scars on their back because of it. That's been to eight, nine different countries in Europe and traveled, just backpacked around, hopped in a, and hopped in a, uh, whatchamacallit, an, uh, not an RV, but a, uh, a van. Camper van. And, yeah, camper van. There you go. And traveled up and down the, the coast. Like, you can't say that. And oh, by the way, I'm also, yeah, now I'm getting a chance with playing in the big leagues. It's like, man, like. Yeah. So, I mean, I have a story from every single country that I went to the hospital for and my mom, but it's like, I was there because of something I did there and how cool it was or like skydiving and paragliding. That's like, man, I didn't do that in the States. Are you kidding me? I did it because of where I traveled because of baseball. So yeah, yeah that's amazing, yeah. man. Well, I'm really looking forward to our next podcast, you know, Heck yeah. because uh, I mean, now like this is where the story begins because now that's- you know you just signed your first contract. And you're starting a new journey, and I'm t- excited to see where that leads you. Yeah, man. Obviously, yeah, I can't wait for the to be in touch, man. 
Oh yeah. So, oh, for sure. You know, like I said, anytime and it's, I know where you guys are and I'll, I will be back there one day and I promise we'll have that beer. I promise we've said it for you. Now we're going to have one, whether it, whether it be when I'm 40 or whatever it is, we're going to have it. So, but it's no, it's uh, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's so awesome. And like, I'm so grateful for you too. And just what you guys do. And like I said, obviously let me hop on here and talk and share my story. And even if it's just an inspiration of one guy out there, like it, it makes a difference. So it's, uh, it's, it's awesome what you guys do. So awesome. we'll be in your corner cheering. So thanks buddy for your oh, time. Of course. Absolutely. Thank you guys. We'll be, we'll be watching and uh, tuning in and, you know, uh, like Jimmy said, we're, we're, we're not done here. It's lots, lots oh, of stories to go. So anytime you're in the States it's tickets are your guys is that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta come, gotta I come. Catch go a game. Yeah. That'd be awesome for sure. Right. But, but All right. right on. Well, good talking to you. Yeah, great talking with you guys like you said if any of you or someone you know are interested in learning about playing or coaching overseas the best way to go about it is to go to baseballjobsoverseas.com and just fill out the feedback form and then one of us likely Jim, jimmy will follow up with honest and detailed feedback on what your chances are in taking your career overseas and in which countries uh, the next probably thing I would recommend would be to educate yourself about what overseas has to offer. And there's plenty on our blog. Just go to our website and then go to the blog. Uh, our YouTube channel, Instagram account, any of those will give you a nice feel at least to what overseas has to offer. But the blog is where you could actually learn a lot about the leagues and listen to interviews like this. Once again, thanks for listening. And until next time, may the baseball gods be with you.